Hello, everyone. My name is Stephanie Ghostin Paul. I'm the host of the Take Nothing When I Die podcast. Take Nothing When I Die amplifies and celebrates the wisdom and genius of people who've managed multiple careers in one lifetime. Take Nothing When I Die listener, welcome to episode six of the podcast. I am so glad that you made it here. I really am. Whether it's your first time listening or you've been binging or you are a regular listener, maybe you get these episodes straight to your desktop or phone as soon as they drop. However, and whenever you listen, welcome, welcome, welcome. As I said, we're on season two, episode six of the Take Nothing When I Die podcast. And of course, I'm your host, Stephanie Ghostin Paul. You've got a full first season from 2020 that you can binge on if you haven't already. And I've heard from folks that they're really excited to revisit some of the episodes that were really impactful for them. So even if you are a longtime listener, if ever you need to go back, please feel free to do so. Some of these episodes, folks have told me they are bookmarked. So I want to name that. And with this season, we are focusing more on living ancestry. So episode one, I dive deeply into that. What does it mean to be a living ancestor? What do when I say that? And how is that connected to the folks who will be on the podcast? So check out episode one if you want to hear a little bit about that how the season will go, how it shifted from last season. And there's a special behind the scenes peek at my TEDx talk as well. So that's episode one. Episode two from this season, we talked to a real life mermaid, y'all. And if you have not listened to this episode, please go do so right now. When I say medicine, when I say wisdom, when I say depth, I mean that Michaela Harrison held it down. Episode three was a solo episode. It was all about exploring our why, our why for doing things, our intention, our purpose. So if you're struggling or you're sitting with a question, it would be great for you to listen to episode three, especially if you've got a scenario or a situation in mind. How do you start to evaluate? Should I do this? Should I not? How should I do this or should I not? And the different ways to evaluate that throughout the situation, whether it's when you first get started if you're smack dab in the middle, or maybe it's at the end. Episode four features Yvette Henry, and she came on and talked about being more than a highlight reel. Her and her family are in the public eye in terms of being a YouTube family and a group of content creators. And she talks so much about what the journey has been like, what the process has been like, and her own feelings and emotions around all of those pieces. So please check out Yvette as she talked about her role in her family's journey. And the last episode that came out was episode five. It was also a solo episode and it was all about matchmaking. So one of my former lives, y'all know I'm a dabbler, uh, Jill of all trades. I am part of what the show is talking about. So one of my former lives was as a matchmaker and I shared both a little bit about my experience because people always ask me about that. It comes up all the time. And I also applied some lessons that I learned from matchmaking to everyday life. And I think that those lessons are applicable to anyone, regardless of who you are, what you do, who you love, if you even love at all. This really not about matchmaking. It's about connecting with other humans on this planet that we are all in relationship with and engaging with all the time. So if you have missed anything this season, go ahead and catch up because I'm telling y'all, this episode is epic. It is epic for two huge reasons. One, episode six is a historic episode. Okay, historic. I'm naming it historic, y'all. And that is because first and foremost, it's a crossover episode. It's something that Take Nothing When I Die has never done before. So last season, I don't know if you remember, but if you've been rocking with us, you would know that I did do a crossover ad for another podcast where a podcast and I exchanged talking about the other podcast because we felt like they were related but we didn't actually have each other on each other's show. 
this is the first time for Take Nothing When I Die that I have had a crossover episode with another podcast. So you will see in just a second who those fine folks are. And they spent time asking me questions as well as I spent time asking them questions. And that's the first for us here. The episode is also historic in that there is some major news, like a major, a huge, gigantic announcement at the very end. So you'll have to stay tuned through the whole entire interview to hear the announcement. And this announcement hasn't been made anywhere else. When I tell y'all that y'all are special, (laughs) I actually mean it. And I really like, I have not shared this news on social media. I have not made a public announcement. You know how people are like, personal news update or professional news update. I haven't done any of that. So this is the first time on social media out in the podcast ethers that I'm sharing this news. And I'll just say, because somebody did reach out to me, apparently there are ways to find out things. And I know that there are some very stealthy people out there. And I think that's a generous way to put it. But somebody asked me something about something I had on Venmo. And I was like, I don't even pay attention to the receipts, but apparently Venmo can get you in trouble. If there's stuff on there you don't want people to see, go ahead. I'm not in trouble, y'all. So you don't have to worry about that. But people can find out a lot from your public Venmo history or maybe Cash App too. I don't know. Anyways, this is not an endorsement for either of those. And it's not really related to the announcement. But I just want you all to share in some really big news for me that I'm really excited about and very proud of. And I can't wait to talk to y'all about it. So let me get into the meat. Of course, I know y'all want to hear the episode. Y'all want to hear who I talked to, like, who are these people? Who are these people you did a crossover episode with? I had the pleasure and the honor of sitting with the co-visionaries of the podcast called Let Me Introduce Myself. It's the Let Me Introduce Myself podcast. And these co-visionaries are Sekou Lelo and Maxime Paul. Now, if Maxime sounds familiar to you, it's because this is my partner. I've talked about Max in the past. And also I interviewed him for episode 25 of the podcast for season one. He talked about transformation and innovation. So if you want to go back and listen to that, please do so. But Sekou and Maxime have created this podcast that is extraordinary. And it's a project that they have been working on for the past year or so. And they've released a number of episodes in their podcast. Right now they're on hiatus and they'll be picking back up. They wanted Jaw to be on notice that you got till 2022, which seems like a long way away, but it's actually not, to binge the first season that they've put out there. And then they'll be putting out some more content for you to enjoy. So in the spirit of honoring the feedback that I've gotten, I just want to let folks know a little bit about how I know these folks. Of course, my life partner, Maxime, Y'all know how I know him. (laughs) And there's more information about how we met and our relationship and all those pieces on episode 25. So you can go back to that if that's what you want to do. In terms of Sekou, I do want to just add that he is another half of a co-visionary duo. And that is him and his wife. Melinda also was on the podcast during season one. You can find her words in episode seven right? So if you go back, episode seven, if you go back to season one, so Melinda Weeks Laidlow came and blessed us with her presence during that time. And Sekou is Melinda's partner. We met them when we first moved to Atlanta and it's just been on ever since. I think when we think about both individual friends and couple friends, they've been folks who have really stood in the gap for us, not only providing us with the support and encouragement that we need, but also just being part of a community of practice and learning together, learning from each other, learning with each other. And it's been a pleasure to know both of them. When I think about this podcast and all that they shared, and I really do mean we had a jam-packed hour or so together, these fellas really brought it. And one thing I really appreciate about them and their words is that, and I actually think Sekou might've said it directly, is that they don't really do small talk. And I think that's probably why they're friends. And it also comes through on the podcast. For those people you meet and you're just trying to pass the time and you do the small talk. And it's not just being polite. It's not just like 
pleasantries, but it really is like the BS beginnings of conversation that you just want to skip to get to the good parts. I feel Maxime and Sekou are able to get to the good parts right away, even with people they don't know. And you'll hear this in their words that when I ask them about impact of their show or what were some of their favorite moments, it was the fact that every single guest they had on their show, none of the guests knew both Maxime and Sekou. One of them might have known one, one of them might have been vaguely familiar with the other, but none of their guests knew both of them very well. And the fact that they went to such depths, they talked about such serious things, they got to some like really interesting places with these folks by being authentic and being themselves is really admirable. So I both admire, appreciate, and also want to celebrate them for doing the work in order to create that space for people to, to share such deep things. And you'll hear them talk about that so much on the podcast. All right, let me give you their quick bio. It's the bio for their podcast. You can find them on Libsyn. It's the main site for their content. But they say that, let me introduce myself, is all about pulling back the layers of Black humanity to look at what's true, what's authentic, and what's deep. They co-create space for Black men to explore their humanity, their Blackness, their maleness, and everything in between to fully introduce themselves. And I would like to introduce you (laughs) to the visionaries behind Let Me Introduce Myself, Maxime and Sekou. All right. I'm really excited to be in conversation today with the guests, co-founders, the visionaries behind the Let Me Introduce Myself podcast, Maxime Paul and Sekou Laylo. Welcome to the Take Nothing When I Die podcast. This is actually like a crossover episode. So welcome, y'all. Thank Thank you. We are glad to be here. Yeah, exciting. Excited. Very cool. We are going to just riff off of each other. We've got some questions that are planned in advance, but we also just want to make sure that you understand some of the connections between the work that we're doing. So you'll hear both a little bit more about Take Nothing When I Die and also about Let Me Introduce Myself. So I'll kick off kicking a question to y'all. You have this amazing podcast, season one just wrapped up. Tell us a little bit about what you were up to this season and what is the podcast about? Give us the gist of what y'all are up to. So our podcast is like a discovery process, discovering more about ourselves and more about Black men, just about Black men. We want to discover and uncover the layers underneath Black men and who they were and who they are, who they see themselves. And we learned a lot through the process and we saw black men change and grow and learn even on during the course of our conversations on the podcast. It was really like a, a self-discovery and a community discovery project that we did. And also just on a personal level, how Maxime came and asked me about this. And I bring that up because if it happened a year earlier, I don't know if my response would have been yes. Not because I didn't want to, but because I wasn't ready. And the reason I was ready is because I was committed to my own healing process in particular, which is really part of what we're trying to do is hold space for men so that they can share their thoughts, their hopes and their dreams, but also a safe space to express things that they might not otherwise express in community in ways that a part of the healing can be inaugurated, at least in the space. And so that is a lot of my kind of passion around it and excitement around doing it is because I was in a place where I had done significant amount of my own healing, different kinds of therapy, and was just ready because I experienced the benefits of it. And I was like, wow, if I'm doing this, other people can you know, participate in this kind of process in some way. So that's part of my entree into it and willingness to do it and join Maxine 
too. Yeah, I think that's one of the important part because a core undertone of the entire podcast was trying to get more black men to therapy. That was one of the questions <laughs> right. we made sure we had. Because <laughs> we were in therapy together. Because <laughs> yeah, we had the same therapist. We were like, oh, look, we got to get more black men to therapy. And that was the main that's undertone, right. at least exposing them to it. That's you right. know, here, we're other black men, we're regular. There's nothing interesting or different about us, but we also do therapy. I love this. It's taking me to my next question, which when we talk about folks who are coming on the show, they've got multiple careers in one lifetime. We're talking about being a living ancestor. We're talking about folks who have a gift, a calling, an idea, something that they know they need to put out in the world, but there's a process to getting it out. Seku shared a little bit about the process for you. What were some of the pieces of the process of getting this podcast out into the world? And then Seku, if there's other things you want to add about the process of getting it out within the year, let us know. First, before you even get it started, it was about getting myself ready. I think I've always been a person that I can put myself out there, but I don't very much. So it was getting myself ready to put myself out there. Even I think sometimes I think it's, it's, I don't know, brash or I'm just doing too much. You don't need to put yourself out there. But it's also understanding that my voice, Seiku's voice, these voices need to be heard. And getting to that point, it took healing first to be able to get to the point where I could do the collective community healing. And I think beyond that, during the year, it was just assembling a lot of pieces and putting the production together. What are we talking about? What is the topic? What is the branding? There's a lot of logistical, technical things. But then we tried to keep it very fluid and flexible because we knew we were going through a very difficult year where we were managing other things at the same time. It was 2020. Like we did this podcast. It was incepted, recorded, and then produced and put out in 2020. That was our package. Our story of 2020 is that, you know, a podcast basically. Go ahead, Seiku. This is to piggyback on what Maxime was saying, but I think we were holding the tension between preparation and figuring out what our time trajectory was and how often we wanted to put them out, but also trusting our instinct. And it was important for us to be in the process of taking care of ourselves while we were doing this work. Because that's what we're trying to offer to the people. <laughs> that's part of what we're doing when we're having these conversations is do what you need to do to take care of yourself. So we got to take care of ourselves. And so we had several conversations about we are not going to feel pressured by anything or any external forces to do more than we feel compelled to do. So that was important to us. And then we had to also, at the same time, set up a schedule and figure out a rhythm so that we could have a consistent viewership. And so we had to figure out what that rhythm was. And so we were holding both of those. So that was really important to us. And then to circle back just a little bit, for me, just in terms of getting started, was the nature of my connection to Maxine had everything to do with why I was willing to go forward. I felt really authentic connection to him really early on. And we built relationship in just a very healthy way. And that kind of symbiotic relationship is what allowed us to, we were operating amidst both of our rhythms. It was, but it was our rhythm together because it could have been a different thing. It could have been somebody who was like, no, let's get it out. Let's get it out. Let's make it happen. Mm -hmm. But our rhythms were in sync and that allowed us to move forward in the way that we did. And I don't take that for granted because I know what it could have been like had yeah. it been a different kind of relationship. So that's true. Good point. Yeah, this is good. This is good, y'all. We're getting the behind yeah. the scenes <laughs> of the podcast. Yeah. We talked a little bit about process, which sometimes is about pushing through struggle or like you talked about, Seku, y'all finding y'all's rhythm and syncing that up and moving with the rhythm. Tell me about some really impactful moments from the season, whether it was behind the scenes or it was like, as y'all put it out, like, again, when folks, they have a calling, they receive their calling, they go through the process to get it out there. And then there are these moments that really affirm, like, I'm supposed to be doing this. Like, mm -hmm. we're on the right track. This is it. I want to hear from each of you an impactful moment from this past year while y'all are producing, developing and publishing this podcast. 
I'm gonna go first. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, was <laughs> I think Maxine might. We might be on the same page with this, but I know when we interviewed Brandon Paul, his brother. Yeah, yeah. That interview, what he shared. First of all, for him to be his age, as young and wise as he is, and to share the breadth of his experience from frustration, disappointment, and sadness to being innovative and artistic and hopeful and all of that together. When we finished, Maxime and I was like, this is why we did this show. He covered Mm -hmm. everything. And so even now, when I talk to people about the podcast, I recommend that episode so that they can get a full taste of this is why we did this. And so his episode was really impactful. And the bottom line is because he was very vulnerable, which is what we had hoped the space would be. But he was really honest and so honest, which is part of what it made it so compelling, too, was he was sharing his feelings about white folks at that time. And they were right there beside him. (laughs) And so he was talking about them right there. And that kind of authenticity and boldness was like, wow. Yeah, that's, I'm impressed by that. I'm impressed by that. I don't know if I'm there yet. And I'm older, much older. So Brandon was definitely one for me. We had so many, like, it was complex. I think, first of all, the second episode was with was it Andrew Wilkes and his was so impactful that that who we talked to we had another interview and they said they wanted to do the interview just because they listened to Andrew Wilkes' episode. Was it Gabriel? I know Gabriel, Gabriel. mentioned Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. So in the episode, he was shouting out another episode already because he listened to it. It called him. He was like, I need to be on this. I need to share my story. And he shared about his him dealing with suicide. And we had a big discussion after in the background. Do we share this? How do we share this? He consented. But is this fair to share? Is this the thing that we want to talk about? And we're like, yeah, this is him opening up. And we just put the warning to so people understood the the dire nation, the seriousness of it. But we shared it. Yeah. So I think that was a big thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. That was so good. it was connecting multiple episodes and people just sharing all themselves, like all the darkest parts, the difficult parts of their life and how they made it through it and still deal with it today. I'm seeing and hearing a parallel here to that. Not only the timing was right because y'all have both done your personal work to do this podcast, but it also paved the way for you to hold space for other people to do that. Like, People don't do that all the time. Come on podcasts and share like their deepest, darkest things. So kudos to y'all for holding and being in a place where you could hold that space for other people. So I hope y'all celebrated it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Okay. I got two more questions and then I know y'all got some questions for me. This season on Take Nothing When I Die, we are really hyper-focusing on the living ancestor aspect. It came through in the last season a little bit. It was a reminder at the end of the show. This season, as I'm talking to folks, I really want to hear about how they're thinking about living ancestry. And so that might be a term that's new to y'all, or we use like ancestor in training or future ancestor. But really, I want to talk about how The work that y'all are doing in the world now is both a continuation and an honoring of what's happened in the past. It's a very present work that you are doing. You're working on yourselves and working in community. And it's also a future endeavor. You're like laying some seeds for the future. You're planting some seeds. So even if this term is new to you, as you think about your podcast and what it means to be a living ancestor, how do you see your podcast reflect that? Both the work in the past, the work to get the future ready for the world that we need to be a part of. How does Let Me Introduce Myself relate to living ancestry? So I think about Howard Thurman, the great sage Howard Thurman, and the phrase that he has coined 
is called Listen to the Sound of the Genuine. And he talks about being in connection with nature, the importance of interdependence and being in relationship with people. He flipped kind of Christian theology on its head and got away from the conservatism and some of the harmful aspects of Christian theology and was focused on the human connection as a priority. And he really was about listening to, he calls it your working paper. What is your life's purpose? And that comes from listening and paying attention to the sound of the genuine and not letting external forces be a distraction to that. So that's how it Thurman. And then as I'm in school and I'm studying Zen Buddhism, and I'm thinking about the Buddha and what we learned about the Buddha and just the Zen practices about not allowing external forces to dictate how you feel and show up in the world for yourself and in relationship with the others. But let it go and just be who you are. That's enough. And so let me introduce myself as a combination of those listening to the sound of the genuine and just being yourself and how that informs and also the community part and how all three of those collectively are a vehicle for us to move forward in the world and also to keep us accountable. And so we want to keep each other accountable. We hold the space so people can just be who they are. And doing that in community allows us to tap into the sound of the genuine us in us in ways that we might miss if we don't have that kind of collective village slash community to help be generative around our ideas and our vision. And that's where my kind of impetus comes from, is in terms of let me introduce myself and why we do it. Yeah. You know, even more about the background. In every episode, it was somebody that one of us was connected to, but the other person was meeting basically for the first time, every time. And we created such a community that these people would open up to basically a stranger that they were introduced to during the conversation. And it's so interesting that we were building community for each other during this time where we were looking at the context, zooming out, the context where we were on lockdown, we were being disconnected in a lot of different ways. And we were creating that community and having real, like deep conversations with people. I would love to see more community building like that. That was our test fight and just practicing that as just how do we build community? I know me and Seiku talked about that before we even started this. We don't do small talk. We just, we talk deeply with people when we talk to them. We prefer like to really just dive in and really know who people are. We only have a limited time on this world. And as a living ancestor, I want to live it and know people and really have deep relationships. And I think this is our practice at doing that. And I think that's our living ancestor work is just really help build community of people that want to build cooperative communities and just people that work together and, and understand each other and can support each other because we need it more than ever. Larger systems don't work for us. We've come to my favorite question. Okay. Favorite question. <laughs> All right. From this season. You already planted the seeds for it. So you've taken us there. So this is a very serious part. And it is a vision for someone discovering your podcast in a hundred years. So wherever we're at, we'll be in 20, we'll be in 2120. We'll be 20, 2121. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) 2121, whatever medium. I don't know if it'll be like a form of the internet. It might be something that's buried deep in the earth. Maybe they get it through our actual lineage It's passed off. They find it somewhere. But in 2121, take me through someone finding your podcast. Set the scene for me. Tell me what they hear, what they see, what's different. Tell me about someone discovering y'all in 100 years. It's a great question. Yeah. Yeah, We Um, probably already saw this on uh, Black Mirror at some point. You go for it, Maxine. Okay, I think I got a real creative one that also is a preview to my book. I'll play around with a lot of technology and stuff. If I think about a future, this is going to be where in the future, we're going to have to figure it out and we're going to be more integrated with the earth and the ecosystems around us. And 
I think that we'll be able to connect through another kind of network that's already here that does not take extra resources and labor to build and everything. Underneath the earth, there is, there's mycelium. It's like mushrooms, but it's a connective tissue that connects trees and plants and all microorganisms underneath us. We could use that as a, a network to transmit information. And if we are closer to that network and we can connect into it, they'll be able to tap in and connect to our podcast. But then we'll just be able to hear it. I think in the future, they'll be able to feel the feelings. And that's because the community, they'll be able to connect with whoever, whenever, how many many people at the same time. But it takes too much to have a thousand person conversation. Instead, they share feelings between one another. And in this, that's how they're going to save everything on the database. Because there's going to be so much information in this network underneath us, in the mycelium. It's just going to be feelings. They're going to feel the feelings of me and Seku and all our guests and be able to understand those feelings through the mycelium network. So that's what I've created. <laughs> Love it. Nice. Nice. That's got to be in the book. Then I'll yeah. be in the movie. <laughs> Let me see. I was, as Maxine was talking, I was thinking about, I'm really draw a lot from movies. And I can't think of the movie. One that comes to my mind is Virtuosity. And that was with Russell Crowe and Denzel Washington. And it was really futuristic. But I think about the uh, virtual reality world. And I think people will be able to think a thought about what they want and they'll be able to be populated in real time, some way in the ether so that they can see image, but they thought or said black podcasts about feelings, black men, and all of those would come up and they would be able to see ours as an option and then push the rest of them away and choose ours. I think that's something that, that comes to mind is that people will be able to speak it more. But I think, you know, I see some of this technology that people are working on from some of these documentaries and how they connecting everything to the thoughts and how thought oh, is it, actually in a medical profession, I think is dealing with, uh, mm-hmm. they're doing some of that work around Alzheimer's and some of these other conditions so that the thought can generate something. And so I think we'll be able to it'll be much more sophisticated and we'll be able to have a thought and something will pop up. Let me introduce myself. Mm, cool. Thank you. Great for your visions. Yes. And like I said, I take them seriously. So I can't wait for someone to discover this episode and we'll see how close we are to reality. Yeah. Good stuff. So I got a question for you, Stephanie. Okay. I think it's two questions. This is so let me introduce um, myself. My name is Seiko Lalo, and this is Maxine Paul. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> we, done we just add the intro on. <laughs> we can add the same intro we had <laughs> with the music, too. I will include the music. Much of our podcast delve into the identities and intricacies of Black men, but also advocacy for therapy. I already got some ideas for what season two, whenever we might do it, might go over, but leave that for now. How is living ancestry work tied to healing oneself? Good question. I think about healing as a multidimensional exercise. And so on the podcast, in my daily work, when I coach people, when I interact with institutions, we talk about naming what has happened, like the patterns that are coming up. We talk about being in the present and being clear about why we're here and why we're sitting here. And then we think about how our actions either interrupt what happened in the past or they chart new territory. And so when I think about living ancestry and healing, I think about how am I healing backwards? How am I healing my timelines? There are folks who came before me who I want to honor the work that they've done. There are folks who came before me whose choices I might not be so excited about or proud of that I also want to heal and honor. And I also, because of technology advances, because of who I am, because of my choices, I'm able to do stuff that some of my previous ancestors weren't able to do. And I feel like it's imperative that in the present, I do that work. And I also know that sets off another path for somebody in the future so they can look back and say, 
oh yeah, Stephanie did her work so that I could be in a different spot. Stephanie practiced this thing so that I can call on her as a reminder when I need, where's my inspiration or my motivation or who else has done this? So I think they're integral and I think it's multidimensional. Nice. Thank you for that, Stephanie. My question is, if you were to have a child one day, prioritize three things that you would want them, him, her, or other to take away from your podcast? That's a good question and a very interesting hypothetical. I think the first thing that came to mind was freedom. And I think that as I talk to people in season one, season two, part of where they struggled in their process to live out their calling was because there was no other examples or there was pressure not to do the very thing that they knew in their heart of hearts that they should do. And I think those folks have talked about various reasons why, and I can talk about my own reasons why, like the podcast was hard for me to do. And I think one of the reasons why was it's an expression of me, like all of me, all the parts of me, not the polished, the messed up, the messy middle, the in-process pieces. And I think I was able to work on the podcast because I was working toward my freedom. And I want to be an example for my child to say, all right, my mom really wanted to be free. And this podcast is an expression of that freedom. So that came to mind right away. The second thing that comes to mind is a lesson from, it was echoed by a couple of guests last season. And it's tied to freedom, but there's something, especially about Black people having leeway to make mistakes. So I think like it's in the same vein of freedom. I want to be free. I want to try stuff on. I want to be the full expression of myself but I only have this much leeway and I'm putting my hands very close to each other because of whatever, because of systems, because when black people try out things or get too loud or say too much, then bad things happen. And so I want to be the kind of parent that makes space for and also logistically can hold my child being free, but also being free to mess up. It's not a freedom to be perfect. It's a freedom to be messy. I know I didn't have as much leeway to do that growing up. I had a very small margin. I literally, to go to the school that I went to, I had to maintain a GPA, a certain GPA. I was in first grade, like I was a kid. So I was being a kid and also I had this pressure. So with the podcast from various guests and I think from myself, having the space to take risks and mess up. Like just being, I think is important. Now I got to think of a third thing. I don't know. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to. Those are two really good I think ones. I, let me... But go for it if you got one. He or she will appreciate it let if me that see. ever happens. I think so. I don't know if they'll be embarrassed or... You just never know with these things. Can be messy. Be messy. I think too, this it is what it is. <laughs> this one's related to the first two. And I think it is about taking risks and being free. It's about identity. Like I think my former ancestors felt like the best thing I could do for you, the way that I can care for you is to provide you with opportunities. I'm going to work hard and make money so you can go to this school. I'm going to work hard and put aside my desires so you can go down this path. And I admire those folks for doing that. And I appreciate that. And I also believe that modeling that very thing that they wanted me to do and be is also another way of care. So I've heard a lot about parenthood or motherhood is the biggest identity thief. That like you become a parent and then it's you're just a parent. You're just a mom. You're just a vessel. You're just that thing. And I think this podcast, I think as they listen, they'll be like, oh, my mom was a person. Like she was a multidimensional, lots of slashes, lots of interests that were important to her that even while I was being thought of or cared for, she still wanted to pursue a bunch of the pieces of her identity which I think is a, a model for them to do the same thing 
rather than like me hyper-focusing on a certain potential that I want them to be or to come out Mm. into. So identity. Yeah. I'm glad you answered number three. That's a great, it's a great. I got one final question. Unless you have anything else. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Because our podcast was going into discussing and having community with black men or people that present as black men. I want to give our listeners some kind of gem information pathway. Can you give any kind of enlightenment first step pathway for black men to start their living ancestor journey? Yeah, it's really interesting because I'm like in the same place with all these different organizations that I'm working with. We're in a phase where we are like wrapping up a report and getting to some next steps. And as part of that, for every single organization that I'm working with, the very first thing is awareness. I think that some organizations are like, give me the tool, give me the solution. And I'm like, what are you solving? You don't even know what you're solving. To understand what you're solving, you also have to raise your awareness and your consciousness. They got tools that don't fit. They've got a loosely defined problem. They don't even know what problem they're trying to solve. And then they're not aware enough to know that their frame is so tiny. And I think my advice for anybody listening is like, can you get more aware first? Get aware. That means educate yourself. That means get yourself some books, get into these podcasts. The information is there. It's 2021. There's no excuse for you not to know this vast world of information. I'm guessing the folks listening, they invest time, energy, resources on some things that we would deem silly. Y'all be reading whatever, the blogs, you reading video game guides, you reading like you- Basketball stats. Sure. You know how to (laughs) take in all this information. Y'all know how to do it. (laughs) So direct that toward your healing and toward digging deeper into masculinity, into patriarchy, into sexism. And to like what it means to read, like there are new resources, but these resources are old. They've existed for a very long time. There's a big body of work. And so I just think number one thing is raise your awareness so that you can get clear about what it is you're trying to solve. I think it's like the worst thing in the world to have a tool or a solution that doesn't actually help the problem. What I see is a lot of folks out there in front loud and wrong with this tool. (laughs) I'm like, what are you solving? And Mm -hmm. I think because y'all tend to be put in positions of power or people look to you or it's given to you or whatever, for whatever reason and whatever the case is, I think it's imperative that folks are ready to do something differently about those opportunities that they've been given. Because you'll always get them. You always get them. There'll always be a spot for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the free labor and all. <laughs> I'll compliment you. <laughs> I got an invoice for y'all. <laughs> yeah. Even to add to that awareness too is communities of accountability is the biggest awareness. Just getting in space with people that don't necessarily agree with you, that challenge your biases, your normative ways of thinking, and be intentional about that. Because I think that. I'm speaking for me. Those are the places where I've grown the most is because it's in relationship to people. So I have to evoke or allow empathy and and all of these other feelings to be present in a way that synthesizes with all of those other things and makes me feel fully alive and challenges all of me. All of my humor, which I think is another big piece to that. Yeah. I heard the other day it said cishet black men have safe spaces to perform violence, but not safe spaces to be held accountable for it. That's right. And so right. I'm all on that community tip. Mm-hmm. I hear the synergy between take nothing when I die and let me introduce myself, the connection piece and the community piece. and the healing piece and the being piece. And we're all about caring for all of our humanity. And I wonder, maybe this is the 
closing question, Maxime, unless you have another one, is are there any ways of being together as men and women, anything new we can do as we come off this pandemic, as we have been challenged with racism and all of the isms? It's clear now to me that a lot of things don't need to go back to the way they were. We need to think differently. And both of you are forward thinkers and Maxime is Afro, you know, futurism. And, and so what does that look like for brothers and sisters in community? Something nuanced, if there's anything that you has come out of the last year between our podcasts and anything new that comes to mind that maybe we can grab onto and, and take hold with us. Ooh, great question. The thing that immediately came to mind is actually we need to get out of the binary. And I think that there's an erasure and an exclusion that happens when we sit in that. And in these conversations as a Black community, who are we missing? It's actually not who are we missing. It's who are we silencing or erasing or invisibilizing? Because folks are there. They've been there, but we don't see them or we don't recognize them or we don't call them in. So first is binary. And I, I'm talking about gender. I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about politics, right? Like we talk about these issues in terms of one thing or the other, either or. And I think there's so many dimensions. And so I would be looking for the and. How do we look for the and who else and who else? I have hope and belief that this will happen. There's something about, I don't know if it's the desperation of 2020 or like the fatigue, something about let other people lead. Let's try something different. In this pandemic of pandemics, we have done things that we thought were impossible. Everybody work from home. We canceled this. We canceled the season. We shortened this, elongated this. We've done things that we previously said we could not do. And I think that trend has to continue. We can't keep engaging in the same way, expecting something different. Why don't we just try? Let's just try to let somebody else lead. Let's try another way of relating. Let's try something else. I think we're coming to a point where people are ready for that. They're like, fine, I'm too tired or whatever is not working. So at least try it. So I think those are two pieces that feel and like maybe the tool there is whatever we've done or whatever first comes to mind, throw that away. <laughs> right. Whatever you think you should do That's in this situation. Default. Yeah. Let's skip the first five, actually. <laughs> and let's try something else. And I think this pandemic, I think people have gotten creative. They've gotten excited. They've got there are different ways people have been energized. And we need to tap into and feed that more. We need to resource mm -hmm. people to resource themselves so we can have more of that. Thank you. That's great. Yeah, that's good. Okay, last question. Wait, there might be another, qu one more question. We set this episode up as the men of Let Me Introduce Myself and me as the founder of Take Nothing When I Die. And also Maxime and I obviously are in the same household. And we also know that as long time and deeply held friends and comrades in the struggle and outside of it, that Sekou holds a special, Sekou and his wife, Melinda, hold special places in our hearts. And we're in lots of transitions. We were, we're in a series of transitions in our life and our personal and professional lives. But before we made one huge transition, just recently, we had a conversation with Sekou and Melinda about the transition that we're facing. Sekou, I just want to give you the floor if you want to share any thoughts. Last conversation, I said, we got some big news. And you were like, I can't wait to talk about it. I said, let's do a crossover podcast episode so we can give you the floor. So I wanted to give you that opportunity. Melinda and I have talked about this a couple of times. And when you shared that y'all were moving, you know, my... What, what drops your stomach? Does your stomach drop or your throat drop? Some drops. I don't know. Some drop. But we, I was sad. I was very sad. And we started talking about, particularly Melinda's a strategist. So we were like, how can we get them to stay? Let's figure this out. But in the context of the pandemic alone, we got like this between being in the park and having these podcast meetings. That was a very deep, meaningful, substantive connection for us. And it deepened the ties and we became very emotionally invested and 
invested vision-wise and committed to supporting. And so all of us were in to this relationship that we have wholeheartedly. And so as vulnerable people do, when, when they get something dropped on them, it hurts. And so that was really something that impacted us. And at the same time, we were happy that you were getting the support that you needed. Because that's a priority for us at the same time. And so we were holding both of those feelings of excitement and sorrow at the same time. And I'm glad you asked the question so that I could share it on our behalf, because it's something that we want you to know. We want you to know that how vested we are in you both and how meaningful the connection is. So that's how we felt. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thank you for holding that end of the relationship. I think about our transition, trying to get settled. Who do we connect with? And also just the realities of making friends as adults and making friends as a couple as adults. I just want to acknowledge y'all. Shout out to y'all. And thank you for letting us know how you felt. We had a couple big transitions. It is being announced for the first time on this podcast that we did move. A lot lot of folks know we moved, but also that we are expecting a child. So the the hypothetical parent question was it so hypothetical and Seku and Melinda knew that. Yeah. Yes. Let the world know. It's been better. Yeah. That's a separate episode. Oh, good. we're going to talk about institutions and systems and healthcare. We're going to do that okay. in another one. That's a couple oh, yeah. episodes. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> yeah. Sekou, thank you for stopping by. Maxime, thank you for stopping by. Exactly. Tell us, where can we find you? Like, where can we binge the episodes? How can we, like, support? How can we, if I, if I, need, if I need to find y'all, where, where y'all at? Let us know. You can get our podcast on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on all those podcast platforms. Okay. But the best mm. site, I always tell people to go to lmimshow.libsyn.com. Got it. Well, that whole thing is L-Y-B-S-Y-N, right? Yep, that's it. Okay. Or you can also go to let me introduce myself all written out dot show. And we're there too. Okay. And y'all on the Twitters and the Instagrams, y'all on the social medias? Mm-hmm. We yes, are. Social media L-M-I-M. manager. I am. Yeah. What's the handle? Because we have a couple different ones with slightly different like punctuation. L-M-I-M is the consistent across the board, but I do not remember each one for each social media platform. It'll be in the show notes. So people can find you, say hi on the interwebs. They got your website and your the Lipson site. When is season two? What's happening, y'all? Like, when we gonna get some more episodes? We gotta get him out of school first. <laughs> get him out of school first. We gotta have this baby. There is a baby. It's a baby. And then we'll think about even when next season is. Probably not till next year. Okay, twenty twenty two. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm putting people on notice. You got till 2022 (laughs) to listen to season one. That's right. Yeah. Take your time, make your way through, reach out to them, let them know what you think about it. And I'll make sure that all your information makes it onto the show notes. Any final thoughts from y'all? Yeah, my final thought is be present in every moment in the process and don't get ahead of yourself and try to get somewhere that you're not period yeah period (laughs) enjoy it that's my final thought just enjoy it enjoy the journey all right y'all thank you so much we'll have to do this again it was a pleasure and we will talk to you soon <laughs> the cat is out of the bag. There was actually two big news. So for some folks, y'all weren't aware that we moved, but the big news is that yes, we moved. 
And we're also having a baby. We are really excited. We are really looking forward to this next phase of our life. And there's been so much that I wanted to share with y'all about the journey so far. And now that I think about it, I've been dropping a couple hints here and there. But you'll hear more about all of the pieces that I'm sitting with very soon. It has not been a secret. So it's not like I'm not telling anybody, but I've just been minding my own business and being present to this journey, which I feel like is really important as a parent. So there'll be so much more on how I've been experiencing everything later. It also explains the hiatus. So I wanted to take some time, April to August, to be really present at the beginning of this baby coming earth side and blessing us with their presence. And so I will be not working for that amount of time, at least. And then also the podcast will be on pause until August. So that's that. (laughs) In terms of the episode, this again, I hope you heard that it was really fun for me to sit down with these folks. There were so many gems. I just think they are really sitting in the work of letting folks introduce themselves and talk through their identities. And then also doing the work of redefining what masculinity is and what it can look like. Something that really comes through in their podcast is it doesn't come off as judgmental and it doesn't come off as correcting or like people have to be a certain way. The way that they ask questions and pose scenarios and probe deeper, it's almost like you can hear the guest on air rethinking their previous position. I feel so strongly about this thing. And then Maxime and Sekou can ask a question and their guest is able to think about it in a very different way. The take nothing when I die takeaway for this episode came at the very end. I had such a hard time picking one thing to share with y'all. But I did pick one of Sekou's final thoughts, which was to be present in every moment in the process and don't get ahead of yourself and try to get somewhere that you're not. I'm going to repeat that. Be present in every moment in the process and don't get ahead of yourself and try to get somewhere that you're not. It might seem so simple and yet it is so very hard for so very many of us. We are often reliving the past and wishing things were different or we would have done things differently. We are planning feverishly for the future and we're not really present on a day-to-day basis. We're on autopilot or the days are passing us by or we're doing some of the same things over and over and we are not present to the journey that we're on, which makes us miss what's so special about that journey, right? That we know that at different times in our lives, we beg to be exactly where we are in the present. And yet when we get there, we're like, okay, what's the next phase? And what's the next thing? And how do I do this? Or I wish I would have done this. And so I just want to thank Sekou and Maxime and thank you, especially Sekou for this Take Nothing When I Die takeaway, which is a reminder to us all to be present and not be wishing that we were somewhere that we're not. Thank you so much. All right. So if you like the show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. When you subscribe on your platform of choice, as soon as an episode uploads, it will be downloaded to your device. So make sure you like, favorite, subscribe. And if you have a few minutes, please leave a review. Apple Podcasts makes it really easy to do so. You can also find us on social media. We are on Twitter at T-N-W-I-D and also on Instagram at Take Nothing When I Die, all spelled out. If you want to build community with us in a different way, check out patreon.com slash T-N-W-I-D. Over on Patreon, we've got videos of the podcast if you like visuals, more tidbits and takeaways from me. And even better, a community of living ancestors. These folks are loyal fans and supporters of the podcast. They are able to ask questions of me. And there's some exclusive content that you will literally not see anywhere else on the internet from me. So head on over to Patreon to join that community. 
if you are feeling generous and if you got it like that and you want to give some coin, you can always do so through a one-time donation, which supports the production of this podcast, as well as my coaching and consulting work. You can find me on PayPal at paypal.com slash Stephanie Ghostin, just my name. On Venmo, it's Stephanie-Ghostin, and you'll see a picture of me. And on Cash App, it's the dollar sign S-L-G-H-O-S-T-O, S-L-Ghosto. Also, don't forget to check out the show notes page. StephanieGhostin.com slash T-N-W-I-D is where I house all of the episodes as well as the show notes. It's there. You'll find all the links that I've mentioned, both to social media, to the Patreon page, to the donation links, as well as more information about our guests and all the resources mentioned during the show. So if you missed something or you're like, what was the spelling of that one thing that so-and-so named, or you just want to see some great artwork, memes, and doodles, go on over to my site, stephanieghostin.com slash T-N-W-I-D. This is my time, y'all. I have to sign off. Again, this, this is your host, Stephanie Ghost and Paul. I'm bringing you the Take Nothing When I Die podcast, and I'm leaving you with your reminder that you are a living ancestor. Take care and hope to talk soon.